Hi, welcome to another episode of When the Scriptures Become Real. In a podcast where we learn, where we study, where we grow. Uh, we try to become the best versions of ourselves as we can. Um, as we continue to serve our Lord. Um, again, if you're new to the podcast, um, you can find more information on Facebook. Um, you can add me there. Just look at my name, uh, Jordan Pugh. Um, also, we are on Instagram. You can look up uh, with two accounts. Uh, you can look at my personal page, um, Jordan underscore Anthony underscore Pugh. Um, and then also the podcast page, when underscore the underscore scriptures uh, underscore become real. And then also the last handle that we have is Twitter. And you can look at you can look us up at when underscore real. Uh, you can find it there also. Um, you can also watch the podcast on YouTube. Um, we ask that you subscribe there. We love for you to uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel there. And you can watch the video portion of the podcast and um, also, as well, you can listen on Spotify. Um, and you can also listen on your podcast app um, or wherever you get your podcast. And you can find us there uh, as well. Uh, so today, obviously, we all know today is is uh, is Valentine's Day. So I like to say um, happy Valentine's Day um, to all the couples out there. Um, you know, we're so glad that the Lord has put you both together. And we're glad that you guys are doing what you're doing together as a couple. And um, we're grateful for the example um, that you all set for us that are that are still single on this day and how to make sure that um, not only just on this day, but um, on every day that your spouse or your special someone is is always treated the right way. So today's um, podcast is kind of have a, a weird kind of a weird title, but you'll you'll understand it more um, as we keep going. Um, you know, I remember um, at the Memphis School of Preaching. I can't remember the specific course, um, but I'll never forget what the instructor said. I know he said, um, you know, from this day forward, he said, fellas, you guys are going to have the itis, the itis. And what's the, what's the itis? You know, you guys know from, from, from a slang term, itis is kind of like the sickness um, or another word for sickness. You know, so if you're sick and all, you know, stay away from me, you got the itis, right? So we're wondering, okay, why is he saying we got, we got the itis? What does that mean? And so he said, you have the itis because he said, from this point on, you will always be associated with preaching. I was like, okay. So then he said, you know, the connotations of preaching will never leave you unless you quit. And so he said, fellas, this, this affects you as a uh, married preacher. But he said, fellas, this also affects you as the unmarried preacher. And then he gave a, a message to us as single preachers. And he said, sometimes having the name preacher after your name, uh, sometimes <laughs> he literally said, it's like, a, it's like natural uh, repellent for the female species, <laughs> and, you know, and, and we always wonder, we're like, why, why, you know, I don't, I don't understand. And he said, here's a couple of reasons why um, people are going to kind of run from you, especially if you're single. And so he said, number one, he said, if you're a single gospel preacher, you know, preachers aren't known for making money. You know, the, the right ones, right? The, the, the ones that actually want to see you grow, um, they're not known for making the most money. So that's kind of one, in, the ter in terms of secular jobs, right? That's one hit against you, right? Preachers aren't known for making the most money. Then he said, number two, preachers aren't known for having a lot of nice things. You know, you know obviously there are, 
Christians. Uh, there are preachers that I know that are doing very well for themselves, but that's not every preacher. Just because you're a preacher doesn't mean, and you know, you're going to have a lot of nice things. And so that's kind of a, a, a check against you too. Then he said, number three, gospel preachers, they're not known for living a comfortable lifestyle, right? We're not known for having the biggest houses or the nicest cars or the nicest things or the top of the line this or top of the line that, you know, we're not, we're not used to living a comfortable lifestyle. And he said, you know, that's another check against you. And so he said, you know, you would expect, um, you would expect, um, you know, regular worldly girls to dismiss you because, because you don't make a lot of money because you don't have a lot of nice things and because you, you, you don't live necessarily the most comfortable lifestyle. So, you know, you would expect regular girls to kind of run away from you, you know, cool. You know, had that happen before, you know, <laughs> bring it up a story. I remember with, uh, I was with Ty rhymes, you know, shout out to, to Ty. Uh, love that guy. You know, he was at a student at Memphis with me and we all went out uh, to go do something, maybe go to the mall or something. And I remember this specific story, uh, you know, we're, we're at the mall or we're somewhere and, and these girls are looking at us, you know, and they're kind of talking to us and, um, you know, they kind of want to know more about what we do because we were all in suits. And so they come up saying, you know, yeah, what do you guys do? And so I remember Ty's like, you know, yeah, we, uh, you know, we're preachers. And if I could have said that we smelled so bad, like, it's like they literally, it's like we literally worked out for eight hours and they were like <laughs> running away from us. It, it was literally what he said. He said, we became repellent because no one, no one really wants to attach themselves to a preacher. Right. And so he said, you know, you expect that from worldly girls, right? We've had that happen before. But he said, this is, this is why you guys have the itis. He said, even Christian women are going to dismiss you because you're a preacher. And so he ended it by saying, you know, this is the life that you chose from this moment forward. And so then he simply said, you ready for it? Because it's not going to stop unless you quit. And so here's the topic uh, that we want to look at today is uh, the itis, the single preacher and the preacher's wife, right? And so here's the question. Why, why is it that there's always kind of this negative connotation um, to preaching, especially if you're a woman? Why, why is it that, you know, you, as a woman, you don't want to attach yourself to a preacher or you don't want to be with a preacher or things of that nature? Uh, and I think this is the biggest reason why I think a lot of young ladies, especially uh, our young ladies and our young women in the church. Uh, and this is my just personal opinion. I think that they don't want to be attached to a, the preacher because we, as the church, we have made a position where the Bible didn't make a position. And that position is the preacher's wife. Right. So let's look at this real quick. Open up your Bible. And again, if you're new to the podcast, we want to open up our Bibles together um, and we want to study together. So let's let's open up to um, to first Timothy, chapter three. Dad just preached a sermon on this um, last Sunday, actually going over. He's actually kind of going over the roles and qualifications, you know, of elders and deacons here. And so we have in first Timothy, chapter three, we have Paul giving the qualifications of elders, of deacons and then their wives as well. And so if you look at 1 Timothy chapter 3, you know, you've got uh you know, you got Paul writing to Timothy. And if you look at verse 2, well actually starting in verse 1, you know, he talks how the bishop actually has to desire that work. 
So people don't actually view this as a qualification, but the qualification actually starts in verse one, not in verse two. So number one, this man has to desire this work, right? If he wants to be an elder, then he must be, you know, blameless, husband of one wife, diligent, sober, good behavior, given to hospitality, apt to teach, right? Uh, verse three, not giving them to wine, not a striker, not greedy, um, a filthy lucre, but patient, not a brawler, right? And so it goes on and on and on. And then it gives more detail on the deacons as well. But then I want to hone in on verse number 11. Even so, so when the Bible said even so in verse 11, everything from verse two, three, four, five, or four, six, all those verses up to verse 11, guess what their wives have to be too? Their wives have to be that. Plus, their wives must be grave, uh, not evildoers, sober, and faithful all things and not slanderers, right? And so I, I was thinking about this the other day. I was talking to dad about it. I said, well, you know, okay, you've got, in, in terms of, you know, leadership structure in the church, right? You've got obviously the chief shepherd, right? As Christ, John chapter 10. Then you've got, you know, the elders, you know, then you've got the deacons, uh, then you've got, you know, preachers, and you've got the kind of the, the order of how things go. And I asked dad, why is it that there's qualifications for the elder and his wife? There's qualifications for the deacon and his wife. But why are there no specific qualifications for the preacher and his wife? You know, have you ever wondered that? Like, why is there no specific qualification for it? And so, you know, we, we were talking about it, and this is what happens. And this is what our young girls and our college girls see when they see a preacher and they see the stuff that his wife, that the church makes his wife do. A lot of young women don't want to get into that. Well, what are you talking about? So let, let's say, you know, a preacher gets hired at a congregation, right? The church in most, in some places, not most, but in some places, I, and I've seen this as well with my family, the church thinks at times they get a two for one deal, right? So the elders and the congregation and the ladies of the congregation, when they hire that man who just happens to be married, this is what they expect of the preacher's wife, right? They expect her to teach all the ladies days classes. They expect her to teach all the, all the regular classes. They expect her to be a part of every program that's ever created. They expect her to be this and be this and be this and do that and be all this, right? And so we've made a role and we call it simply, well, you're the preacher's wife. I've literally heard people say, well, how come you're not doing this? You're the preacher's wife. Well, how come you're not doing this? You're the preacher's wife. Well, how come you're not like this? You're the preacher's wife. Let me ask you a question. Is there a position in scripture or did I might've missed it, right? Did, did Paul give a qualification for a preacher's wife in first Timothy chapter three? My Bible doesn't have one. And so, you know, you think about this, my, my dad, when he was, every time he went to a, another congregation and he told me this, as I started preaching, he said, um, you know, he would, he said he would always tell the elders that you're hiring me. You're not hiring my family and you're not hiring my wife. You're hiring me for the work. My wife's job is not to do everything that your wives aren't doing. My wife's job is to support me as I'm preaching the gospel. You see, we've put, and this is what happens. We have put undue pressure on these preachers' wives, and we've given them responsibility that the Lord hadn't even given them. 
What is her main responsibility if you're a preacher's wife? Your main responsibility is to support your husband in preaching the gospel. And if you don't think that's a work, ask some of these preacher's wives. It's, it's a work to support your husband um, as he preaches the gospel. And so, you know, we're talking about the preacher's wife is not a position. We've made it one. So therefore, since we made it a position, then when when single preachers coming out of preaching school and, and doing all this stuff, you know, when they when they start dating, when they do all this, well, they have the itis. Why? Because guess what? The, the girls see, why would I want to be attached to that? Even if he's a great guy, why would I want to be attached to all those responsibilities? Right. And so, you know, shouldn't a preacher's wife, um, well, let, let's go here. You might be asking, okay, well, if you're a preacher's wife, shouldn't you want to get involved in the church? Shouldn't you want to teach? Shouldn't you want to do all this? Shouldn't you want to? For sure. Does not the Bible say that, you know, we are to teach and we are to do all this stuff? Yes, for sure. But what's the preacher's wife's main job? Her main job is to support her husband in the gospel. So let, let me ask you this question. Let's say we have a preacher and that preacher's name is, is Bill, right? And let's say Bill is, Bill is married to Mary. So we got Bill and Mary. What if at the congregation Mary what if she um, what if she never teaches a ladies' day? What if she um, teaches the kids' classes but doesn't teach all the classes? What if she doesn't do this and do this and do this? But what if she completely supports her husband in the preaching of the gospel? Is she fulfilling her role? Yes, sir. She is. You see, and sometimes I feel bad for preachers wise because the elders and the church and the ladies and sometimes even their own husbands have put responsibility on her that number one she didn't ask for number two that god didn't ask for you know and number three which is not even in the in the, in the scripture there's no qualification for a preacher's wife now can you use these principles in first timothy chapter 3 verse 11 that a preacher's wife should be yes but who are those principles specifically for? They're for the elder's wife and the deacon's wife. So if the elder's wife is not verse 11, if the deacon's wife is not verse 11, guess what that woman does? That woman disqualifies him and, you know, at, to serve as an elder or a deacon, right? But then also, you know, our wives as preachers can disqualify us in a sense because of our influence, Right. But, you know, there's not a specific preacher's role, you know, going around different congregations. I've heard um, I've heard congregations call the preacher's wife. Well, she's the first lady or she's, you know, she's this or she's no, she's not. She's she's a member who just happens to be the preacher's wife. But we put undue responsibility on her and we expect her to do all this stuff. And so then no wonder single preachers, no wonder we have the itis. Because who wants to be attached to that? Absolutely no, you know, and I understand, right? But you know, being a um, being a preacher's wife, it's not an easy task. And let's say there was a congregation that didn't put responsibilities on the preacher, on the preacher's wife. It's still not easy, right? Sometimes being a preacher's wife, uh, you have to support him even when things aren't easy. You know, being a preacher's wife, you know, you have to be willing to uh, to work in the background, you know, and not to be out front. 
you know, to be a preacher's wife, you have to be, you have to be ready to move at a moment's notice because, you know, you preach the gospel and the elders don't like it and the congregation doesn't like it. Some, I've literally seen places where a guy preaches a sermon on a Sunday, the elders don't like it and he's gone by Saturday. I mean, it, it happens, right? Number four, you know, you got to be, re- you have to be ready for people to talk about your husband because when he preaches the gospel and he preaches the right things, guess what people are going to do? Some people will obey it. Some people will specifically talk about the messenger and they'll talk about your husband. And so you have to be patient. You have to be kind. You have to be all this stuff, right? It's not easy. Then number five, you have to be ready and willing to think of yourself last because, you know, as your husband preaches the gospel, you have to share him with the congregation. Now, let me make a note here when I say share him with the congregation. This does not give the husband the right to just go out and be Superman for everybody else and then go home and be Clark Kent for her. That's not, I'm not condoning that at all. But what I am saying is, as the wife of a preacher, you have to understand that your husband lives to the standard of the, of the gospel. So what if someone calls at, at midnight and needs to study the Bible? You're going to let him go? What if, what if something happens at the congregation at one in the morning? You're going to let them go? What if while you're out with your family, you know, something happens and someone needs to study the Bible? Are you willing to let him go and do that? You see, you have to be ready and willing to think of yourself last because you share him with the congregation. And so you understand on both sides now, you know, how we're talking about, you know, the itis exists because of us. Right. Sometimes we put undue undue pressure on the preacher's wife. And so then you have all these young ladies and the kind and I'm have you noticed that? I've noticed kind of this trend, uh, you know, like the past like I would say five, ten years where um if a girl in the church and I I've seen some of my friends that are girls in the church, they do this. If a girl in the church um can't find a good guy can't find a, a, a good Christian guy, obviously he doesn't want to be with a preacher because of the itis, then she'll go out and she'll go uh, be with another guy and try to change the dude, right? And, and sometimes they get married and then it doesn't work out. Then other things happen and it doesn't work out. So do you understand kind of the, the rolling snowball effect that this happens because we put a position in that's not even a position? And so no wonder why so many of our young ladies and our college girls are literally, they're intimidated by us. Let's be honest, you know, they are, they are intimidated and you can be the greatest. If you're a single preacher out there, you can be the greatest dude since sliced bread, but they're still intimidated by you because of what you do, you know, and that's, that's just how it is. But we've put that fear in them because we, we as the congregation, we throw our responsibilities on her. That's not hers. Right. And so that's why, you know, I think as preachers, we really have to understand, you know, the, the role of our um, of our wives. And, and so to be honest with you, I understand, like, I don't know if I was a girl, I don't know if I would want to get in that lifestyle. So I understand, you know, where girls are coming from, where, man, he's a great guy, but he's a preacher. I don't want that responsibility. I don't want this. Like, I understand. Right. But, you know, and I want to I want to look at this real quick. You know, we brought up that that topic of there's really no qualifications for a preacher and his wife. The closest thing to qualifications 
um, is the man's character. You know, if you look at Second Timothy chapter two, um, around verse twenty-four, um, the Bible tells us that as servants of the Lord, because remember he's talking to Timothy, who's actually a single preacher. Well, you know, he, he's actually a preacher. But if you look at this here, he says, but the servant of the Lord must not strive, for that servant must be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient, and meekness instruct you those that oppose themselves, for God peradventure will give them to repentance to the acknowledgement of the truth. And so the, the thing about the preacher and the preacher's wife, the Lord did not make um, the preacher's wife a position. The Lord made elders a position. The Lord made deacons a position. The Lord gave the elders and the deacons' wives responsibilities in order for their husbands to even apply for the position. But for preachers and their wives, we're nothing special. All we are is we are servants of the Lord. Notice what Timothy told or what Paul told Timothy, but the servant of the Lord must not strive. So as a preacher of the gospel, as a single preacher, am I a servant of the Lord? Yes. As a single young woman, what are you? You're not a preacher's wife. You're not held to it. All you are is you're a servant of the Lord too. And so I think the qualifications here that Paul gives Timothy, the same can be made for if the preacher's wife is this too, if she's patient, if she's meek, if she's all of this, then you put those two people together. You've got two servants just preaching the gospel. That's all this is, right? And so, you know, as a preacher, um, this is kind of a, and, and this is kind of for the, the single preachers out here to kind of give us a, uh, kind of give us a break here. Um, but, you know, you have to understand from our position as a preacher, um, you know, I cannot, I cannot promise you everything. You know, if let's say, or let's kind of set up the scene here. Um, but let's say that, you know, and I know a lot of single preachers from Memphis, from Brown Trail, from guys I know from foundations and other stuff. Like, I know there's a lot of us out there. So let's say that those guys, you know, if there's actually girls out there that want to attach themselves to guys like us, right? Um, here's one thing that as single guys that we can uh, kind of make a case, right, for us. Um, you know, as a preacher of the gospel and and, and single you know, Christian ladies out there, I really want you to listen to to this because, you know, I don't think a lot of us as single preachers talk about this, but this is kind of how a lot of us feel. You know, as a preacher of the gospel, um, I can't promise you everything the world has to offer. You know, I cannot, I can't do that. It's impossible. You know, I can't, I can't promise you um, financial stability. I can't promise you that life is going to be comfortable. I can't promise you social stability. You know, I, I can't just because of the nature of the gospel. The gospel draws people near because of the truth of the gospel. It draws people away and then they don't like that and they don't like the messenger. And so they get rid of the messenger. So I can't, I can't promise you social stability, but young ladies that are intimidated by us, young ladies that are that are literally afraid of us, you know, like, like leprosy, like the itis. Here are some things that a single preacher can provide for you. You know, they can't provide um, stability financially sometimes, you know, so they, they can't promise you, you know, you to be comfortable. They can't promise you social stability, 
but let me give you five things. And, and these are original um, that I kind of came up with, but here's five things that we can provide. Number one, as a single preacher of the gospel, I can promise that God will always take care of us. I can promise you that, you know, first Peter five, seven, you know, the Bible tells us to cast all of our care upon him for he cares for you. Even if the brethren don't give us money, even if um, I can't provide you with, you know, this, this great house, I can promise that God's always going to take care of us. It may not be the way that I think, you know, it may not be the way that, you know, I want, but he will. Right. First Peter five, seven. I know that. Right. Then number two, I can promise that um, as a single preacher that we will care for your soul. You know, a, a lot of ladies out there, you know, they're looking for something, but they're looking for it in the wrong dudes. But, you know, I can promise as single preachers of the gospel that there's nobody else on this planet that will care more about your soul than a preacher. Look at look at Hebrews, um, Hebrews chapter six here. Hebrews chapter six. Um, let's look at verse number nineteen um, of Hebrews chapter six, I believe. Yes, and so notice the promises um, that the Hebrews writer writes here. Verse nineteen of chapter six says, "Which hope we have," but notice what it says here: the hope that we have in Christ. We have it as an anchor of the soul, and that anchor is sure and it's steadfast, and which enters uh, into that within the veil. And so, you know, I can promise you that as a servant of the Lord, we will care for your soul. Why? Because notice what Hebrew said. We have an anchor that keeps the soul. And guess who my boss is? <laughs> my boss is that guy. He's the one that anchors my soul and anyone that is attached to me will have their soul anchored because that anchor has never let me down. It's sure and steadfast. So I can promise that I will care for your soul. Then number three, here's another thing that single preachers we can promise. Three, we can promise that we will care for our kids' souls. You know, a, a lot of girls out here are, are actually starting to understand that these dudes that can provide money, these dudes that can provide cars, these dudes that can provide anything that you want, right? Even Christian dudes, you know, they can provide you anything that you want. But, you know, as single preachers, we will care for your soul and we will care about the souls that come out of your body when you when you are birthing children. You know, again, Hebrews chapter six, verse nine. And again, we can use first Peter chapter five, you know, verse number seven, right? So here's number four. Here's a four thing as a single preacher that we can provide. Four, we can promise to love and protect you as Christ loved the church. You know, if you look at, you know, obviously you've got Ephesians, um, Ephesians chapter five. And again, I want you guys to look up these verses here, especially you, you, um, you, you uh, young ladies and college ladies. We want you to understand this stuff. Look at Ephesians, um, Ephesians chapter five, uh, verse number uh, 25 here. You know, notice, notice what it says here. You know, husbands love your wives, even as Christ loved the church. But notice, notice how that qualifies love. 
as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. You know, as I heard, a, I think it was Brother Mosher. He said, you know, God had a son and God could have made his son anything on this earth. But guess what? God made his son a preacher. And guess what that preacher did? John three sixteen. for God so loved the world. Well, what did that preacher do? Did that preacher ever think about himself? Did that preacher, was he self-centered? Did he, did he care about money? Did he care about clothes? Did he care about cars? Did he care about houses? Did he care about, he cared about you that he gave his life. And I can promise you this. If you marry the right um, gospel preacher, he will love you as Ephesians 5.25. He will love you as Christ loved the church. And that man, he will give himself up. So what are you talking about? Are you talking about physically? Yeah, he'll, you know, if, if it comes down to it, physically, he will give up his life. But you know what else he'll give up? If he's a great man of God, he won't let the brethren get in the way of the relationship with you. He won't let the brethren get in the way of the relationship with your family. You know, he won't let um, other things, you know, he won't let time and he won't let all this other stuff get in the way. Because guess what he'll give up? Because he understands this. He will give up his life for you. Right? And so that's another thing you can promise. And then here's the last thing I came up with. As a single preacher of the gospel, we can promise that 100% guarantee. Well, you know, 100,000 trillion gazillion, (laughs) whatever percent. We can guarantee that if we keep doing the right things together, we will make it to heaven. There's no if, ands, buts. The ticket's already there. We're going to make it together. Look at, look at first John. um, Where's it at? First John chapter five. I got to make sure, make sure I got the right reference here. I don't want to give you guys the wrong reference, but this is the great thing about searching the scripture, right? You know, we are looking at this together. Uh, First John chapter five, look at verse number, uh, where are we at? 15, 515. Notice what he says here. And if we know that he hear us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the posit- the petitions that we desire of him. And so we can know that God hears us. We can know that he, he loves us. And anything that we desire we know that he'll hear us if it's according to his will. And so a lot of people said, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of people say, you know, how can you know, you know, that you're, um, you know, that you, that you can go to heaven? You know, how, how can you know? I can know because if we do the right things, if we do do what he says, I can know that God's going to take care of my soul. Didn't we just read in, uh, in Hebrews chapter 6? Didn't we just read that he is an anchor for the soul? He's steadfast and he's sure. And so I can promise you that we will follow Christ and we will do what he says. And at the end of this life, whether I go first or whether you go first, whatever, we're going to make it to heaven together. Those are five guarantees that a single preacher can give um, a young lady out there. And so, again, again, let me preface by saying this. Again, I do not fault. <clears throat> I do not fault you ladies for not being a part of this life. I'm not trying to shame you. I'm not trying to, 
say, well, you need to go out there and find your preacher. I'm not, this is not, you know, a, uh, <clears throat> this is not a begging session. That's not what this is. So again, I don't fault you for not being a part of this life. And <clears throat> number two, it's not wrong if you don't want to be a part of it. That's your choice. It's not like, it's not like you're in sin, you know, if you don't want to be, you know, attached to a preacher in that lifestyle, it's not a sin. It's, it's your choice. Right. So I don't fault you for not being a part of this life because that's the pressure that the brethren have put on you that shouldn't be on you. I understand that. You know, that's the pressure that comes with this this lifestyle. I totally understand. But I do I do want to say this. I encourage you ladies, as intimidating as it sounds by being attached to somebody with the itis <laughs> to be attached some to, to a preacher. You know, I will say this. Um the love, the care, and the concern that you're looking for in other dudes, he's already got. <laughs> that's a, that's as kind of simple as I can as I can say it. Um, you know, and I know a lot of you young ladies that are out there trying to change trying to change dudes. Doesn't work. You know, the love, the care, and concern that you want can be found in a gospel preacher. Now, I'm not saying that, you you know, you need to go out there and find one and because, you know, in order for you to be attached to a gospel preacher, you need to be living in the right lifestyle yourself. But that's <clears throat> that's another lesson for another day. But let me let me end it here. Um, you know, as the single preachers, you know, if you're out there, if you, if you just happen to be listening, here is my advice, because obviously, you know, you you've experienced like I have. Um, you've experienced what the itis can do for you and do to you, right? Your instant repellent, even from, even from, you know, good, good people. Sometimes you're repellent. I understand that. Um, but here's my advice. <clears throat> Don't try to, and this is for a regular girl and this is for a, a Christian girl. This, this advice applies to both. Don't try to change a girl to fit the preaching lifestyle because it doesn't work. Don't try to change her to fit your lifestyle. It won't work. If she doesn't want to support you, live with that choice that she made and move on. If she does not want to be a part of this world with you, it's okay. You know, it's, it's all right. You live to fight another day. All right. It's okay. Uh, number two, <clears throat> Don't force, again, it's kind of the same concept, but don't force someone to fit your life. Look for somebody that's already living it. You know, I'm reminded, and again, I want you guys to turn here too. Um, <clears throat> I'm reminded of, of Proverbs uh, chapter 31. And again, this, you know, this talks about the, um, the Proverbs 31 moment here. But, you know, just a couple... Um, What's the right word? I guess it's a couple attributes of her. You know, notice, you know, and notice it always talks about her character of who she is at the core of who she is. <clears throat> you know, in verse 10, it talks about, <laughs> first of all, he asked a rhetorical question. Look, man, who can find her? Right? Because her price is far above rubies. And let me tell you something, ladies that are, you know, young, single college ladies or whatever that are looking out there, you know, for a preacher to find somebody that wants to live that lifestyle with him in his eyes, 
you are like above rubies because you're above the girls that think he has the itis. So you already, you know, are like this in his life. But, you know, in verse 11, it talks about the heart of her husband safely trusting her and he shall have no need of spoil. And and then she will, um, she will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. And so if you keep reading throughout Proverbs, you understand it explains the core of who this, this Proverbs 31 girl is, you know, she's above Ruby. She will do you good. She will do this. She will do that. You know, and that, you know, and if you notice guys, the Proverbs 31 woman would have been a perfect wife for Timothy. You know, if you, if, you know, people like to, <clears throat> people like to match, make match proud, the Proverbs 31 woman with, with a Timothy talk about a power couple. It'd be ridiculous. What if you match? <clears throat> what if you match that Proverbs thirty-one woman with Titus? It's a wrap again, right? That's a, that's a that's a great couple. And so, here's here's the last thing uh, for <clears throat> for the single preachers out there too. And this might sound weird, but just hear me out. Embrace the itis. But what? <laughs> you know what are you talking, what are you talking about? Embrace the itis. I want to get rid of the itis. Now you need to embrace the itis. Why? I, you know, I was talking to dad the other day about it. And, you know, for dad, mom was already married with myself and Gerald before dad went to, went to Memphis in 2000. So mom being the, the supportive wife that she is to dad, mom was kind of already along for the ride because dad made the choice um, to switch from, you know, working in tech to working, you know, as a preacher. <clears throat> but for me, I started preaching earlier in my earlier twenties and I'm, I'm single now, you know, you know, I'm single, you know, in my twenties, not like he was, he was married in his twenties. So it's different now. And so dad says, you know, in a way he said, you kind of have the advantage. I was like, well, what are you, what are you talking about? The advantage? He said in a way, because the girl um, that you pick or the girl that is, I'm going to attach herself to you. She'll know that about you already. You, so you don't have to, it won't be like a life change like mine. He said, she'll know what you do. She'll understand, you know, the role that you have in the church and she will embrace you and she will embrace that role. And so she'll, she'll choose to be a part of that lifestyle with you. And so he said, you know, you're gonna have a real one. Which, you know, I kind of understand that now. And so for you single preachers out there, <clears throat> embrace the itis. You know, it's not it's not leprosy, you know, even though sometimes it feels like that. You know, it, it's not leprosy. It's not something that is um, is bad. You know, it's not, a, it's not a negative connotation. You know, we're doing the same work that Jesus Christ did. So if anybody sees that negative, that's on them. But, you know, value what we do man i think sometimes we can we can devalue ourselves who really wants to be with a preacher who really wants to do this and but you know we're doing something that's awesome and if somebody doesn't want to be a part of that life okay you know cool uh and for, for and for you you know college ladies out there or or single ladies out there looking for looking for a guy you know don't be 
don't be intimidated necessarily. I understand the intimidation, but I hope those five reasons helped of why you shouldn't be intimidated. Um, but understand this, that ultimately, single ladies, that you want somebody that will, that will, you know, nurture your soul, you know, and really care more about you as a person, um, care more about not the things he can give you, but where he's trying to take you. Um, you know, there's nobody, I'm biased because I'm a preacher, but there's, there's nobody out there that will really want to care for your soul and want to see you make it to heaven. And if he's a spiritual dude, he'll want you to make it heaven. He'll want you to make it to heaven more than he does. And so, you know, don't be afraid of the itis, right? So the itis and the single preacher and the preacher's wife. So hopefully moving forward, and we can take that pressure, you know, off of the preacher's wife that's not hers, um, that we can get back to biblical things, and we can get back to, um, you know, biblical um, phrases and, and roles. And so I hope that, you know, we all continue to grow. I hope you single preachers out there, you know, keep preaching, you know, keep um, keep learning, keep growing, do whatever, you, you know, keep doing what you're doing. And, and don't quit because you know, other people don't see your value as a preacher and you keep going, man, you keep preaching, keep studying, you know, and through my life, you know, I've seen the Lord take care of me, you know, because of, of this job and he'll, he'll take care of you too. And, you know, for you ladies out there, you know, you know, keep studying, keep growing, keep, keep developing um, into that Proverbs 31 woman. And, you know, whether you marry a preacher or whether you don't, you know, you don't have to marry a preacher to go to heaven. Um, but I'm, you know, we're putting it out there that, you know, it's not necessarily the worst option you can take either. So hope you all, you know, I hope you all stayed together and I hope we all, um, make sure that we keep doing the right things, keep serving our Lord to the best of our ability. Thanks guys.